Welcome to Save Our Sleep. Tizzy and the Save Our Sleep team believe it's every child's right to receive comfort, a parent's right to demonstrate love, and everyone's right to a full night of sleep. This podcast is not a medical or scientific volume, but a collection of tried and tested solutions and tips based on my many years of experience with babies and young children. Its main purpose is to help parents understand and avoid sleep problems in young babies and toddlers. We'd like to recognise the Wadawurrung people who are the traditional owners of this region which Tizzy and myself live and are recording today's podcast on. We acknowledge and respect that they have taken care of this land and water and raised children in this nation for over an extraordinary 70,000 years. The Save Our Sleep podcast is dedicated to helping you prevent and solve sleep problems while having some fun along the way. We endeavour to discuss all things family related, starting from preconception all the way through to an adult child leaving home and beyond. Some topics may be triggering. If you find this is the case, please reach out to your or your child's health nurse or general practitioner. Welcome to Midweek Crack with Tizzy Hall and Kylie. Sabo. Hi guys. And we're talking all things crying today. It is our 14th, kind of our seventh week, but 14th episode. And it's all things cry suggested by... Uh, Simone Rimmer. Suggested this topic. She She did. Um, She wanted to hear some sound clips about the differences between a protest and an emotional cry and what they sound like. It's hard to do sound clips because protest cries are also different. So... I mean, I, first of all, let's talk about why you need to know. Yeah. So a lot of people get confused with this. So a lot of people send in videos and stuff of seven, eight-month-old babies saying, oh, I don't know if they're protesting or if they're emotional and should I get them up? But we really only worry about an emotional cry in a young baby who's not having solids yet mm-hmm. in case they're hungry. Okay. Right? Because an emotional cry in that age group could be hunger and we worry about whether they're hungry and if they're hungry if they're doing an emotional cry, the chances are they're hungry and we need to feed them. Like you need to, you know, so we worry about it. But when they're older, they're like six, seven months, eight months, nine months, they're only going to cry an emotional cry if something's wrong, like they're sick or something, Mm -hmm. or they don't want to go to sleep. Like, so an emotional cry at that age group would be, sorry, that I don't mean they don't. what I meant was in that age group, they'll cry if they don't want to go to sleep. They'll mm-hmm. cry for all sorts of reasons. The only one we have to worry about is the emotional cry at that age group, which could be, are they sick? Mm-hmm. You know, Are they emotionally crying because they're sick? Mm-hmm. It's at that age group, you don't have to listen to the cries the same way because most of the time they're just protesting. They don't want to go to bed. Yeah. You're going to know if they're sick before you put them into bed. So, yes, they do cry emotionally in that age group if they have the immunizations, if they're sick, if they've hurt themselves, if another child's like stood on their arm or their hand mm-hmm. or something's happened in their playtime, they'll be emotional and they'll cry emotionally mm-hmm. and you need to obviously look after them. But they're not going to cry emotionally in bed because that age group isn't going to be hungry. Because they're on foods, they're on mm-hmm. solids, they're on the right milk. You know what I mean? So we yeah. only worry about it in the small babies. Mm. I think sometimes with the older age groups, we get more of a louder protest or a bigger protest because, you know, for so long they've had certain ways of settling and things like that. And so it is a very big change when you start teaching them to self-settle because, you know, they don't understand that, you know, for six, seven, eight months, they've been going to sleep one way and now all of a sudden you've changed it on them. So, you know, it is, and, you know, tantrum, 
you know, with the toddlers and stuff like that is, you know, all of a sudden they don't want to go to bed and they're getting that bit more independence. And sometimes, unfortunately, that's the way that they're telling us that that's what, you know, it's about the boundaries and things like that, especially with older toddlers. So with the protest cries, it's with a little baby and a Mm. newborn baby where you wouldn't leave them in bed if they were having an emotional cry. Mm -hmm. And an emotional cry in a newborn it doesn't change. The tone and the pitch doesn't change. No, so it's, it's really eerie. Wah, 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 and it doesn't change. Mm. But with a protest, it's like wah, 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 and it keeps chopping and changing. Mm. So Kylie has a little video, well, a sound video of an emotional cry that we think is a small baby mm-hmm. doing an emotional cry that she's going to play for a second. So you can hear that it doesn't change. And so it's like, wah, 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 and they don't stop even to take a breath. No. And that's the cry where I'd go, maybe there's something wrong, maybe they're hungry, maybe this, mm. maybe that, and we'd go in and try and work out what the problem Yeah, is. that's right. And often, you know, if it is an emotional cry, it tends to not stop until that need is met, you know, till they've got some food or till, you know, they've got some pain relief, you know. that That's generally what I find for them and um if it generally with the protests you go in you pick them up and all of a sudden the crying stops stops. and with but also with a tiny baby who's hungry that they can stop as well as soon as Mm. you pick them up as well Mm. and then don't think oh they've stopped because you pick them up they think i'm going to get food now Mm. and so they stop but then you're not just going to pick them up and feed them because then you're going to get all out of routine and then they're going to end up even hungrier because mm. then you're going to be feeding them on made milk on top of made milk. So we've got to work out, it's more to it. Yeah. We need to look at the whole thing. We need to, you know, look at your, I know we keep going on about it, but you need to look at your bedding and think, well, did we have the bedding wrong? And is having the bedding wrong meaning that they're not sleeping well at their sleeps? Mm-hmm. And then if they're not sleeping well at their sleeps, they're not feeding well. And then if they're not feeding well, when you put them to bed, they're emotional and they're screaming. Or mm-hmm. have they got wind, 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 wind is so important. Mm-hmm. Wind in babies is so important because mm-hmm. if they're full of wind, they can't get the milk in. If they can't get the milk in, they're going to be starving, hungry, mm-hmm. starving, hungry, but can't settle. Yeah. Because... They can't get the milk in and then they're going to cry an emotional cry at bedtime. That's right because their tummies are just full of air. Exactly. So we need to work out the why. Yep. We need to go back and look at the whole routine. We need to look at all the bedding, etc. What mm. else can we tell people about the cries? I think, you know, looking at oh, – I've forgotten where I was going to go now. But I'm, just, I'm doing a you. Tizzy. <laughs> um, I guess – when they're really, really little and you're finding that you can't settle them and they're going, they're crying and crying and they're not settling, is it okay? If, like I found, you know, one of the things you recommend when you go in is you pat them to sleep. If How long would you go patting them to sleep for before you might try and get them up and start again? Well, you would pat them until you can no longer pet them until you physically feel like oh, I can't do this anymore it's hurting my back or I've had enough or I'm really tense mm-hmm. so I wound up yeah and then you could maybe pick them up and settle them on you mm-hmm. or move them into a pram and go for a walk or something mm-hmm. yeah you do it till the point where you or till the next beat mm-hmm. yeah but it's more about you unless they're still screaming when you're in there and they're really wound up and mm-hmm. they're just not settling then you would get them up but if yeah. you patting them and rubbing them stops the crying 
but they're not asleep, you'd stay in there until they go to sleep. Mm. And what about crying in uh, overtired babies? What have you noticed about, like, with them? Well, you see, with with babies, the more tired they get, the more wound up they get, the Mm. more they can cry, the more they can scream. With an overtired baby... Normally, again, it's the same thing. Why are they overtired? Why is the routine not working? Mm-hmm. We look at everything again. I just feel like I'm going mm-hmm. on about the same stuff. You look at the bedding. You look at the routine. You look at the winding, bedding, routine, winding. Mm-hmm. What's gone wrong? Mm-hmm. Why has it gone wrong? Why is my baby not sleeping mm-hmm. at the right windows? It could be that your baby is sleeping outside the awake windows. I'll talk about that in a minute. We've had a lot of that recently, noticing a lot of that in the support mm-hmm. room. But it, we need to work out why... They're not settling. Again, like the same thing, like the why and why they're overtired. And then with the overtired, the best thing you can do for an overtired baby is wrap them up in the wrap really firmly. Like think about this, right? The fourth trimester. So if you think about when the baby was inside you, it was a really tight wrapped space. Mm-hmm. When Think about if you've got a friend who's upset, something's happened, they're absolutely devastated, they're bawling their eyes out. What do you normally do for a friend? Mm, right? yeah. You give them a hug, a bear hug. You give them a hug. You are making them feel like they're back inside the womb. You're giving them that safe and security of mm. the fourth trimester. You're putting your arms around them and wrapping them and holding them. And it's like you take some type of re- – they get relieved by it. The mm-hmm. baby, if you wrap the baby in a tight, tight wrap around the arms, not tight around the hips, which is what the wrap and a wrap is, and you hold them, close to you and keep tapping their back to the rhythm of your heartbeat so it feels like they're back inside you listening Mm -hmm. to your heart and then you're holding them like that two things are going to happen one they're going to get all warm and snuggly and they might go to sleep but two they're just going to feel safe and secure Mm -hmm. they're going to feel like they're back inside the womb which is a really good thing to do with an overtired baby yeah is get you know make them all secure again feel really safe and secure, wrapped again. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, one of the things I found with I, overtired babies is any, like, a, any instance, and it's the same with what you say, like any instance that they could potentially go to sleep, they're crying, like, you know, when they're getting into the car or into the pram and things like that, that they're more prone to cry and things like so that. So that's like a slightly older baby, mm. so like a six-month-old baby. When they're <coughs> so exhausted and they're so tired – so that's like what you were saying, you know, with an older baby. Mm. So they're so exhausted and so uh, tired with an older baby in that, it, you know, who hasn't mm. been getting good sleep and they've got this buildup of poor sleep for five or six months. Yeah. You can only have poor sleep for a certain amount of time. With that older baby, you, I find that the reason they're having these tantrums is because they think your sole purpose in life is to force them to go to sleep and they don't want to go to sleep so they're screaming in order to stay awake Mm. so again you've got to try and put them in the car seat or the pram and get them over the exhaustion yeah and it's almost as worth like you know because you see oh my baby screams every time it's in the car baby screams every time it's in the pram so maybe if that's happening for you guys or for some new listeners have a look at at the sleep and see if those needs need to be changed. And back again to the bedding. bedding the, yeah, that's it. All, and make sure they're sleeping correctly at bed at sleep time with the correct bedding and 
Are they sleeping correctly? If they're not sleeping correctly at home in bed, mm. then of course they're going to be overtired and they're going to scream when you put them in the car. So go back to getting them sleeping well at home. And as you said before, Kylie, in one of the podcasts, take two weeks, stay at home for two weeks and get all of your bedding sorted. Not bedding, sorry, get your routine, routine. sorted in those, take two weeks out of life yeah. and pretty much stay home for as much as the two weeks as you possibly can and get the bedding and everything sorted in those. Yeah, because then weeks. that way too, if after that too, like generally in that time you can get into the routine and if you need the support, we help you on the, the page that we can um, make the the necessary changes to get you know yes in the support group so you know we might say this time but it might be that they need a bit more awake time and in that two weeks it gives that opportunity to make those those changes and it could be earlier than that um but then you know okay my baby slept well for three or four days and then it could be it needs another routine change but this that is assuming that everything is addressed sometimes it's just simple as bedding needs to be you know added or it just needs a more burping you know so sometimes it can be a and simple a thing people make the mistake that they think we're going to move the routine like we're going to move the afternoon sleep to one twenty, and we still want them to have a two-hour sleep so we get them up at three twenty, which no. doesn't work we get them up at three because that three o'clock feeds really it is to low older to low at the age where they're starting to move and crawl yeah. but i was going to say about the smaller babies and the you know, the smaller babies and the falling asleep, you know, so you get them up at 7 a.m. and you feed them. And then mm-hmm. if they start falling asleep <laughs> before their sleep time, you're all cosy in your in my fluffy blanket, fluffy blanket, and you're curled up as you're going to go to sleep. And I'm the one who's yawning. <laughs> so these smaller babies, like newborn babies, yeah. who you feed them at 7 and then they fall asleep outside the sleep time. I'm now getting the mums in the support group to keep them up a little bit longer mm-hmm. because they've had that little bit of a nap yeah. before they put them down to bed and that seems to work really well for them. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's a great thing about the support group. You can go in and follow other people's stories. Yeah. And the other thing which a lot of mums have been doing in the support group is not doing the dream feed in the first 12 weeks and yeah. then starting the dream feed from 12 weeks in order to... Uh, get the baby through to starting solids. So dream feed is there yep. because from about 12 weeks, a baby really needs to start to, the baby really needs to, uh, they're hungry. Yep. So at 12 weeks, they start to show signs of being hungry. They do, yeah, and they and might they wake really up a bit more. they something extra in their life other than food, but they can't have solids till 16 weeks. Yep. 16 weeks is the earliest, Least. earliest we'd give solids. So... You do the dream feed and you can bring that in. You could not do it if you wanted to until 12 weeks. And other people worry about not doing it with their milk supply because if they don't do that dream feed, what's going to happen to the milk supply? So it's probably more important for breastfeeding parents to be doing the dream feed Mm -hmm. to keep that extra feed in for their milk supply than it is for formula-fed babies. But you could not do it and then bring it in at 12 weeks if you wanted to, you know, which works a lot for a lot of people. Great. So that's it for this week's midweek crack. Awesome. Okay. So See you next we week. We'll catch you next week. Bye. You have been listening to the Save Our Sleep podcast, brought to you by the International Baby Whisperer Proprietary Limited. You will find more information about the Save Our Sleep philosophy, products, support, and how to watch the mini clips that accompany this podcast at saveoursleep.com. You may find the Save Our Sleep social media accounts by searching Tizzy Hall on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter.
please subscribe to my YouTube channel for all my how-to videos and to watch the podcasts. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends. I would like to thank Kylie Zabo for co-hosting, Fundamental Studios Geelong for their amazing recording studio, Nick Dale at Primer Films for this production, and most of all, you, the listeners. Without you, there would be no reason for this podcast. Please enjoy, stay safe, and Kylie and I will look forward to chatting with you again soon.